0: friend, I know the best place I can find myself with my guard down and not have the need to show up my best as well as be my authentic self is when I am in a space where I feel safe. I know I want to make space for my teen daughter to come to me and feel safe to share what is on her mind. Deep connections are made and trust is built in places that are safe for our teens. So mama, in today's episode, I'll be sharing three ways to create a space where your girl will feel safe to come to you. You know, I love reading reviews. It blesses me to hear what these, this podcast is doing for moms like you and their lives. Here's one from Lopez Lucky Seven. Thank you, Jeannie, for being so honest and transparent in sharing your story, struggles and triumphs. In episode one, you hit the hammer on the head when you said that moms often carry the responsibility of their daughter's actions. While this mama of four daughters appreciate the support and wisdom that you so eloquently eloquently, whoa, share, thank you for being open in your faith as well. So refreshing. You're welcome, Lopez Lucky 7, and thank you for this beautiful review. It makes my heart happy to hear this. Friend, if you found this review helpful in any way, I'd love to hear from you. And after this episode, you can head down to the bottom of Apple Podcast and leave your review. It's the biggest thank you I can receive. Hey, Mama. Welcome to the Raising Her Confidently podcast. I'm Jeannie Baldomero, a mom of three, wife, friend, mom mentor, and your number one advocate for healthy mother-daughter relationships. I know you're frustrated with this new season of raising your daughter. You find yourself literally Googling parenting a tween or teen girl because you just want to understand and help her out. You wish you could connect with your daughter with tools for a healthy relationship, guide her to be responsible and independent through boundary setting, and create a supportive community for you and your daughter. So mom, if you're ready to create an authentic and genuine relationship with your girl that is thriving and not just surviving. Grab that glass of Merlot and kick off those fuzzy slippers, and let's get going. A few years ago, I participated in a three day workshop that was training us really on how to be an effective and empathetic coach. One of the many valuable goodies I got out of this workshop was the idea of creating a safe space where another person or someone I'm coaching, like a mama of teen, tween girls, can share from a vulnerable place. I've learned a lot walking away from that workshop on what it's like to one, be vulnerable and two, create this safe space so someone else can share their most vulnerable thoughts and feelings. And you know what? It made me think about my family and the people most important to me. And it made me think, am I creating the same space that I do for moms of tween and teen girls for my Loved ones, like my kids, my husband. So I gave it a try. What I've learned from this three-day workshop, I applied in my own everyday daily relationships and interaction with my family. And you know what? It worked. Just being there and creating this safe space, and I really didn't have to do much, but apply these three ways that I'm about to share with you to create that space Know you want for your family, especially with your teen daughter. So, mom, you're probably asking yourself the same questions I did. Does she think I'm a safe place for her to go to? Am I making space for her to come to me? Does she know that I'm a safe person for her? It made me think way back when we were a homeschooling family. My intention was to create this safe space of when they didn't understand something, either in math or English or whatever they were learning, that they can come to me with their questions to help them understand a little bit better or for clarity. Well, I can think of many instances during our homeschool time where I was not necessarily good at making them feel comfortable with coming to me at times, And it depended on the day. If it was a rough day, then it would end in frustration and yelling. And that wasn't my finest time. This taught me that I'm not approachable nor safe if I allow my frustrations to manifest into anger and yelling every time they came to me. Eventually, they won't. And I would say they didn't during our homeschool times. And I needed to change The way, not because of the way they approached me, but I needed to change the way I allowed them to share. I realized they became afraid to come to me because of the backlash that they might receive when they asked for help. (sighs) That was not good. That was exactly the opposite of what I wanted from them, right? I didn't want them to be afraid. Why would anyone want to go to someone that made them feel bad, right? So I knew I had to change things. I was not creating a safe, consistent space for them to come to me. Well, there's this passage that I absolutely hang on to in moments like this, of in moments of wanting to create that safe space, wanting to be that person that they can go to. Listen to this. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. This passage comes from the Bible, and this verse became a guide for me when it came to providing a safe space for my kids. So today, for you, Mama, I'm going to break it down for you and what that looks like in every day, how you can apply it in creating a safe space for your teen daughter. Are you ready? Grab a notebook we're going to break this verse down into three ways why it benefits you in creating that space you so desire where your team is going to come to you. Ready? Number one, quick to listen. What does quick to listen mean? Well, picture this. Someone who actually has their ears literally turned on and mouths are closed, right, mama? Ouch! (laughs) If you're like me, I always have to put a word in when I hear something right away. So, quick to listen means my mouth is automatically closed. It's almost like when I taught first grade uh, and I wanted my kids to listen to me while I'm teaching a lesson, I always said, turn your listening ears on, get your lock, lock your mouth, and put it in your pocket. Well, Mama, that's the same thing about quick to listen – Listening ears on, get that lock, lock your mouth, and put it in your put the key in your pocket. We want to hear what your daughter is saying. And no matter how she says it, what she's saying, even if we don't like what we're hearing, we want to be quick to listen. We're not cutting them off while they're talking to get a word in. Let them talk. And you know, quick to listen also means what does your body language look like? Are you giving them eye contact? Are you giving them your full focus? Now, most of my conversations happen in the car, and I'll have another episode where, you know, conversations in the car are actually golden or when having a conversation with your daughter. So eye contact may not necessarily be a great idea when you're driving, but how is your body language? Are you tense? Are you relaxed? Um, Are you shuffling because you're not liking what you're hearing? So being aware of your body language is also a way to listen, right? Understand where they're coming from. Listening also means I'm actively trying to process the words that are coming from their mouth, how their actions are, trying to filter through maybe choice words that you don't want to hear or the attitude, but really understanding where is this all coming from and getting to the core of what they really want. What are they really trying to say to you? That's all part of being quick to listen. And if I didn't mention this earlier, being quick to listen is also stopping, being willing to stop what you're doing. Now, I know my daughter loves to come to me in inopportune times. I'm usually either maybe washing the dishes or in the middle of work trying to create a podcast. <laughs> But if it's urgent enough, then I need to stop what I'm doing, even if I'm in the mode of doing something, right, moms? We get into this mode, and and it's very hard for us to stop. But if it's important enough for my daughter to come to me to interrupt, and I want to create that safe space for her to come to me, right, I need to stop what I'm doing And maybe even communicate, is this important enough for me to stop what I'm doing? and Just be honest in that way. But you also know your own daughter and how she approaches you to discern whether or not this is urgent enough for you to stop what you're doing so you can have her full attention, right? They want to feel heard. I'll say it one more time. They want to feel heard and they want to know that you understand her, right? So how can we make them feel heard is really understanding what they're saying, nodding your head, um, whatever natural and genuine um, body language you give to fully focus on your daughter and what she's saying. She just wants to know that you're willing to listen to her. Even if you don't have a solution, even if she's just trying to vent, she wants to know that you want to hear her. Ask questions to understand, right? When we're listening to their words, you're already formulating questions so that you can understand what you think you understand out of her and confirm and clarify, right? We're asking questions to clarify. Now, here's a little caveat to that. Sometimes teenagers get annoyed with multiple questions. So my advice is to, when you're listening, have choice words and know to ask maybe not so many questions, but the choice questions that really hit what you're trying to clarify, if that makes sense. Also knowing when to stop asking by listening to their body language, right? You could see when they're starting to get annoyed, And once that happens and you continue to ask more and more questions, you're no longer listening to them, right? So choosing words that they use themselves can help you uh, affirm to them that you're listening. So repeating words that they have said to you will help affirm that you are listening and that they're heard, right? So quick to listen. The second way is slow to speak stick to the topic at hand, right? I know if you're like me, sometimes when there's an issue, it starts to spiral from one topic into another bigger topic. And the whole point of a discussion is to really address the one topic at hand, the one minute topic, and not get into this huge responsibility talk or integrity talk. Because that's not what the t- your teen is there for. It's just that one thing. And if this talk always becomes about a bigger talk, right? A bigger issue that you've had, and this and your daughter just happens to come to you and bring it up. An example is: I'll go back to homeschooling. Uh, my son has an issue in uh, a problem for math, and one of the biggest problems is that he doesn't watch the lesson. DVD before he comes to me. And so I may, you know, one time I made the problem about him not watching the lesson over the question he had that I could simply address. So that is turning one topic into a bigger topic and that could be addressed later. So slow to speak also means stay on topic of what you were listening to and not make it something bigger at hand, right? And that becomes still safe for them allow yourself time to respond. What I like to do is pause and see if she has anything else to say before I open my mouth. And one thing I do ask is, are you, do you want me to listen or do you want me to respond and help you solve this? That will determine what I say next. Most times, It's she just wants to listen, wants me to listen and not solve her problem. I'll say it again. Most times she just wants me to listen and not solve her problems. That's me to a T with my husband. My husband's so good at asking that question. Hey, do you want me to listen or do you want me to respond back to what you're saying? So that helps with clarity of how to slow to speak slowly, right? Now, if this is something that uh, requires a response, allow time to respond because emotions might be high, and you need, need to give yourself a break in responding immediately based on your emotions and not logically of what you really need to say right? And it allows you to calm down a little bit so that your daughter will receive what you're about to say to her because it could be and most likely is important, right? So allow some time to respond and it helps you gather your words of what you really want to say back to her. Slow to speak also means that you're completely understanding what they are saying. That goes back to asking key questions to understand what exactly they want so that you can respond in a way that they need to receive it, right? Slow to speak also means your tone. How are you responding back? Are you screaming back? Are you uh, saying it in a sarcastic way? Are you gently responding back or neutral, right? If you left, listen to my other episode on trust building, are you responding in a neutral tone so it's non-emotional? Body language, how does your body look when you're responding back? Do you talk with your hands? You know, I actually talk with my hands a lot. And I have a lot of facial expressions. That's just who I am. But I also need to be aware, is that coming across aggressive? Um, Does it come across like I'm mad? But over time in a safe space, you know, my kids have learned this is how I talk. And that it has nothing to do with them and what they said, right? But also speaking with gentleness, right? I think most times anyone would receive feedback or a response when it comes back in a gentle manner. So slow to speak. The third is slow to get angry. Wow, that one's a hard one, especially when most times going back to homeschooling is I need to work on my patience. Right. This is a refinement on my part of working on my patients. What a great way to work on patients than to have and try to create some uh, safe space for your daughter to approach you is slow to get angry, right? Slow to get angry. And if we're listening and understanding what our daughter really wants beyond the yelling, the attitude, the body language, then I think it's really easy or A lot easier to be slow to get angry because then you're coming from a perspective of trying to understanding the root cause of why she's coming to you and why she's feeling that way and it really helps us to uh, come in a impartial non-judgmental angle to really truly help them understand help them through what they're going through and what they're approaching you with right the safe space I always think safe space is also a neutral space where it's non judgmental, very comfortable, and an area where both the listener and the speaker can work towards being their authentic, genuine self, right? So we're talking about creating this space. We're still building trust and consistency with your daughter so that she can come, and the more she comes, and the more genuine. Or the more uh, I say, genuine. The more consistent you are in creating this space, the more guards are let down for on her part, and the more guards are let down on your part. Right? Um, calming yourself down, dissipating emotions, is slow to get angry, being non-reactive. Right? That's that whole slow to speak, so that we're not basing our response on the reactions of what she's saying when we're listening to her. We're allowing ourselves to dissipate these reactions or initial emotions so that we can respond in a non-reactive way. And of course, going back to the patience, we're practicing um, self-control and patience as we are remembering this way of creating a safe space for our daughter. Slow to get angry. Now, what does slow to get angry mean to you? That could mean walking away in the moment and asking her, hey, I need a timeout. It could be establishing a code word in your conversation with, between you and your daughter where both your daughter has permission to leave the conversation when this code word comes up. Or when you use the code word, then you're allowed to leave the conversation and you both have agreed upon that. That's a way to be slow to get angry, is to walk away from the conversation and be okay with it, knowing that you will come back when things have fizzled down and not so emotional and the the height of this emotion has dissipated so that you can come back and be slow slow to speak and have... A non-emotional conversation right here we go the three ways that you can create space again is quick to listen slow to speak slow to get angry now what I want you to do with this is actually practice it things become a habit with consistency what I've done when I found a passage or a quote or even instruction on something that can impact me directly I don't know about you, but I can very much quickly forget in the heat of, of an emotion. So what I like to do is write this passage out and display it as a reminder. It could be in a bathroom mirror. What I like to do is put on index cards and put it up in the pantry Because all of us go through the pantry and it's not just for me. If it's helpful for me, then I know it could be helpful for someone else in my family. So I'll display it out for not just myself as a reminder, but something that could be helpful for my kids and my husband. So write this passage down as a reminder. It could be in your journal and you can or you can be like me and display it and write it out. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. say it one more time you must all be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to get angry now if you want to find that for yourself i believe it's in the bible and you can look up james chapter 1 verse 19 and you, you can find it there so as you write this out whenever i need to be reminded and i found it helpful i can post it and see it as a simple reminder i can quickly like i said earlier forget that, the three ways, in the heat of a moment. But if I can see it, it helps me to refocus and recalibrate my thinking. It takes consistency. Again, we're not gonna be perfect at it, and it's okay, mama, because our desire to create the safe space outweighs our imperfection of doing things perfectly, okay? I. This is your permission to be consistent The desire outweighs the to-do, right? So your desire to create the safe space and three ways to do that requires practice for it to be a habit. So we're going to be imperfect in this practice and that is okay, right? Be consistent and consistency will form this habit. And over time, when you consistently practice quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, And over time, you're proving to be a safe space for your girl to come to you. And that is where authenticity and genuineness starts to flourish in that space, right? You got this, mama. Don't forget to leave a review down below and I may just read it here. It blesses me to receive one. Bye for now. Hey friend, if this podcast inspired you or encouraged you or helped you in any way, I'd love for you to share it. You can screenshot this episode and share it in your stories on social media or text it to a friend who can use the support. It's the best way you can thank me. I want to let other mamas know they are not alone. I'd love to stay connected with you. You can find me on Instagram at Jeannie Baldomero or join my free mom support community at Linktree backslash Jeannie Baldomero. Until next time, live full of grace, Jeannie.